Greetings, friends, and welcome to I Think Speech. I am Hazel Archer Ginsberg, talking to you from Zinnaker Farm in East Troy, Wisconsin, the oldest biodynamic farm in America. I am here to do a wedding today, to officiate a wedding of some dear friends, and I wanted to just take a few minutes to uh, put in this podcast. And I'm just so inspired by the land here. So I want to start off with this, with this poem. Corn and clouds and cattle are God's renewing. I am the God of myself. Lift me up, imagination, into creation, to the genie of Genesis, where the gods give us their hands. I feel her here back of my head. <laughs> yeah, sitting with the chickens and just watching the way the clouds are moving. Here we are. Yeah, this is the eve of our Interdependence Day, right? July 3rd, the eve of our emancipation. Every moment, right, is that. And so, you know, my prayer is may the dawning of the age of Aquarius start to rise in our hearts so that when the divine ripening is upon us, we will reap a true harvest of sister and brotherhood founded on love and peace. Right? This marriage that we can enact within ourselves and in, in the world. And yeah. In the meantime, let's just make every moment a milestone where we step lightly to bring healing to each other and, and to our Mother Earth. Now this land, you know, sacred, such a sacred space. And, uh, you know, I try to, to make my little place in Chicago uh, a sanctuary as well. It's where I do my meditations every morning, where I breathe in the sunrise, I watch, listen to the signs and signals coming from the natural world, ever present. And right now in this place, especially this, this biodynamic bottom land <laughs> here in the heartland, it's just teeming with elemental beings and uh, form, form, formative forces. It just feels like so alive here. Yeah, the milkweed flowering, butterflies have come to lay their eggs on the leaves. So fascinating to contemplate this, this delicate creature, right? the butterfly. And I, I think about what Steiner says, quote, it is the butterfly corolla, the butterfly corona, <laughs> which first calls us into earthly existence. This is a, a quote from Symphony of the Created Word. It is the corona of the butterfly. So we're thinking about this aura of light that it emanates. And so here we are, we're in the, the spiritual world and we're, you know, thinking about coming down, you know, looking for our, you know, making the deal with our parents and doing all that. But it's this call of the aura, the corona, right, of the butterfly, which first calls us into earthly existence. So... 
Yeah, we don't have to be afraid of the corona, friends. It can it can call us into into incarnation in a way that uh, is very very beautiful. I spoke about this in um, a little offering I did for the Atlanta lunch and learn <laughs> episode that they did, uh, and I spoke about this as the crowning, right? This idea of the corona working in this image of the butterfly. But yeah, you can see here on the land, the clover, there's little patches of feverfew and coarse spiderwort. It's rampant and the bees are all over it. Yeah, the, the um, Zinnaker, I think one of the brothers uh, is a beekeeper and has been uh, creating this biodynamic honey for us for years. And last year uh, in the winter, the, the colony died. It was the first time that that had happened, was, you know, and everybody had been really feeling the tragedy of that, um, not having any honey, and just you know, thinking, "Wow, if if that can actually come about on this sacred land, then that, that's a real clear signal that something is out of balance." And I, I think about the bees a lot, you know, that how they have this special place in human history, right? The mythology. The art, the mystery that surrounds them is, is potent and, and indicates a close and reciprocal relationship between the bee, the secrets of the universe, and humanity as partners in life's great journey. So traditionally, the bee was perceived as a being that bridged the gap between the physical and unseen world, uh, like an intermediary between two states of existence, kind of like the, the Holy Spirit, right? Like the Sophia has that, that role as well. And in many cultures, priestesses, or they call them the illuminated ones, have been referred to as bees. The bee is an em emblem of the uh, Mycenaean mistress, the, the the pure bee mother, and her priestesses received the name Melissa, which means bee. This is um, long, long ago in the, the time of the uh, Assyrian mysteries. And those worshiping Artemis and Demeter, as well as the Delphic priestesses, are also referred to as a bee. Pindar, an ancient Greek poet from Thebes, notes that she remained the Delphic bee long after Apollo had usurped that ancient oracle and shrine. His quote is, the Delphic priestess chewed a laurel leaf and sought her inspiration in the honeycomb. So yeah, we're not, we're not gonna put ourselves into a trance state as they did in the days of old but um, yeah, we can see this progression and how this energy is also evolving with us. Uh, the, the hymn, Homer's hymn talks about Apollo and acknowledges his gift of prophecy as well, which first came to him from three bee maidens, right? the, the trinity of pre-Hellenic uh, bee goddesses. And even people in the Kalahari Desert the sand people tell 
of a bee that carried a mantis across a river. And the exhausted bee left the mantis on a floating flower, but planted a seed in the praying mantis's body before it died. And the seed grew to become the first human. I love these, these creation stories. So powerful. And then in Egyptian mythology, bees were said to have grown from the tears of the sun god Ra when he landed on the, the, the desert sand. And the bowstring of the Hindu god Kamadivi, his bow is made of, of honeybees. And of course, orators, powerful speakers, those who can enrapture their audience through their linguistic ability are said to have lips and have been anointed with honey. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, St. John Chrysostom. He's one of those. And from the earliest times of our uh, agrarian history, the relationship between farmers and the bees that pollinate and confirm their crops have been one of reciprocal respect. The bee is the agent of pollination, the catalyst that brings about change and, and the connection that facilitates fertilization, allowing the crop to mature, develop, and reproduce. It's easy to see why their function is considered so important and, and why the bee is ascribed a mystical place within the human experience. And of course, you know, in the last decade, there has been an alarming decline in bee colony numbers. Actually, Rudolf Schneider predicted it 100 years ago. And it is, yeah, it's worldwide, it's happening. And very much indicative of a shift occurring within the planet's own equilibrium. A call, you know, like John the Baptist said, to repent and make straight the path. So yeah, the bees are our allies, not only the key to our food supply, but an important intermediary, a messenger from those peripheral realms of human awareness where perceptions come from beyond the veil. They are messengers of the sun. The bee carries a, a signal or it's like a frequency a tone you know, that, that enables transformation, that what is barren becomes fertile, initiating the process of regeneration. The bee in this context represents an, an, interloper, an interloper, right? Uh, you know, this, again, this, this, this uh, intermediary between the immediate mundane awareness and the, the potential of human cognizance. So yeah, let's, let's look to the flora and fauna. Let's experience and, and honor the elemental worlds, all nature as messengers of what was, what is, and what is to become. Yes, friends, we live in challenging times. Good, bad, or indifferent is not a criteria. We are seeing events in our lifetimes 
that have a significant bearing upon the way human evolution will unfold. Right? Can we embrace the corona of the butterfly and not get hoodwinked by the, the COVID? Right? Can we see the relationships and the polarities here? And can we find that middle ground? Can we live in the relationship between human interaction with the planet, which is so fragile and the most potent expression of what we will become? Either architects of our own demise or the agents of a transcendent future. It's in our hands. See you at the Met wedding feast. Peace. Thank you.